This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Having been welcomed into the mayor's home and after a freak car accident, the mystery punchers are on their way to the fair. Richter joined Adrian inside the mayor's house. Red crashed a car into the building and injured herself, and now Red's leaving the hospital wearing Adrian's pants with a thirst for vengeance. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. For once, it's a beautiful day in Helmforth. Um, the sky is blue. Um, the rain has finally abated. Um, there are still some clouds, but they're in the distance. And you're truly in an idyllic, classic, American town kind of vibe. Um, and Helmforth is buzzing with excitement. Um, everyone in town is making their way towards the fairgrounds. Um, and there's a sense of joviality and joy uh, in the air. Um, Red, uh, like Alice at the end of Resident Evil 1, you stumble out into the streets with a haunted look on your face, ready to 
kills some fuckers, uh, only to have like three children like brush past you, um, rushing uh, towards the the fairgrounds, which admittedly does soften your disposition ever so slightly, largely because you hear one of them saying like, "I heard there's going to be mysteries to solve." Um, and for a hot second, you're concerned that maybe it's some kind of horrible nightmare double vision thing. Uh, but none of these kids is you, and none of these kids is Adrian, and none of these kids is Benny, and yeah. certainly uh, none of these kids is Alice. So um, you... Uh, the the three of you, and of course, uh, I think probably Senior uh, Ice Cream has gone back to the motel. Yeah, um, I feel like we probably would have done a run to drop him off. He, he couldn't come into the hospital. No. Yeah. Um, sorry, Red, you were going to say something? Yeah, do I at least have my shoes? Yes, your shoes were fine. Great. Um, yeah, it was mostly that, like, the bits of you that went through the car window weren't great. Your pants were probably salvageable, but were likely just cut off you because you had glass yeah. everywhere. And, like, yeah. admittedly, you are covered in contusions. Uh, yeah. You also still look like Hush from Batman. <laughs> uh, your face is, is wrapped in bandages um, oh. from all the glass you got in your face. So that'll be a fun Joker-style revelation for you later right. when you ask for a mirror. Oh, um, no. So yeah, then I get to choose what celebrity you look like now. <laughs> just the opening of uh, Phantom Pain. You just make a face for some reason. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, you're a little ways away from the fairground. You do have a few minutes, but also, admittedly, the speech is pretty soon. Like this, it's the afternoon. It took Red a while okay. to wake up. So you could theoretically, if you did want to like go in search of clothes or something, you could do that. But the odds of you missing important case things are, are high. Also, I will Fuck. say, you can unwrap your face if you want. Mm, no. Priorities are... Okay, fuck close. It's fine. I have pants on. Um, uh, Addy, I would be worried about Addy, like, getting kicked out of the fair for uh, being a grown man striding in his boxers, to be honest. Um, I don't know how I mean, I'm still that. in a tuxedo jacket and a dress shirt, so... Yeah... Yeah. Um, he tucks the shirt into your boxers. Here's, here's what I'll say. I think getting Adrian a random pair of pants very quickly is very easy to do. I would say getting Red a red style outfit that fits her is much harder to do. So if you want to get Adrian some pants, I think that's a reasonable thing you can do en route to the fair. It'd just be a lot harder to find like, yeah, cool slick like suspenders, murder uh, mobster yeah. uh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. No, I would like to get. I would like to get him some pants, and also I would like, as we're doing this, I'm. I would like to have a quick chat with them. Sure. Uh, so they're they're going to find some pants, and she's going to just kind of uh, look to both of them and be like, "All right, uh, I don't know how deep she's got her claws in your brain, but uh, Richter, how much do you know about the concept of brainwashing?" Uh, brainwashing. I feel like wouldn't really be in my occult kind of I think if field. she like framed... indoctrination into a cult is one thing but and if she framed like... it as like mesmerism I think you'd be in but the idea okay. of brainwashing yeah, yeah. So I find Adrian's like these pants don't fit maybe these will. it turns out like on the way to the fair there's literally like a suit store right <laughs> so he's just trying on various pants well here's the thing 
I like yeah. consequence. So yeah. uh, we've cost red her clothes and you very valiantly sacrificed your pants. I'm going to say you cannot get suit or tuxedo pants. So these have to be other pants for Adrian. They might be slacks. Uh, um, they could be jeans. I think they should probably be pants he isn't thrilled about because I like yeah. the idea that, again, there's, there's a, a cost to this act of kindness. I think then we'll go with it's like a, like a summer clothing store. Mm -hmm. So it's all bathing suits. So he's just trying on different. So they're like shorts, but they all have the netting and he would hate that shit. So he's just also, trying on a collection of like bathing suit shorts. So they're still like to the knee. It goes like up over. Yeah. If it's the 30s, yeah. you're wearing like. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Then that. That seems great. Amazing. So you're wearing, we'll say uh, blue and those classic blue and white striped shorts. Um, and then it goes up to about your, your midsection and then the straps go up, but you're still wearing your tuxedo shirt, <laughs> your bow tie and your tuxedo jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a Brett, the Hitman hearts outfit <laughs> just on top of Fuck, a tuxedo man, that the is top. absolutely accurate. Uh, good work. You did it. Um, <laughs> and dress shoes and socks that go up to his knees. Jesus Great. Christ. Yeah. Garters uh, on. Um, I feel like they would be mm -hmm. higher socks than he'd be comfortable with, but no, they, okay. they wouldn't be anywhere else. I also feel like those would be too fussy for Adrian. I think once it's out of out of sight and out of mind, no one will notice it at the, the birthday party. He might just okay. abandon it. Yeah, uh, so I'm not going to know about mesmerism, so uh, I'm just going to mm -hmm. be like, okay, you two. Um, Richter, I know we haven't uh, seen each other in a long time, and I know that we're not exactly close, but uh, I, I need you to trust me on this. Um, when you went into the Tate household, she, she is not right. Nobody in that household is right. And there's something, I hesitate to use the word evil because it's too dramatic for my taste, but there's something evil going on there. And I know that you two seem to think you, you, you ate the cake and you seem to think that this is the man for the job but he is not. I was locked out of that house. She would not let me in. She's the reason I am the way I am. And we have to destroy them. Uh, Mrs. Mummy, I don't think you were locked out of the house so much as you drove the car into the garage and then did are the, now came out of the hospital. So did I'm the garage door move? What? When I drove the car into the garage door, did the garage door budge? I didn't see you drive into the door. I just found you all covered in blood, and I was like, oh, no. And then I said, we got to call an ambulance. And then I went to the house, and then the lady called the ambulance, and I went back out, and I was like, Red, no. And then I said, I wanted to pick you up, but Rick just said, don't pick Abby, her up. So I, yeah? I distinctly remember the woman at the hospital, the man, the woman at the hospital say, that nothing had happened to that door. How often can you run a car into a garage door without it breaking? There's something wrong with that house. I tried to break the windows. I tried to break the doors. She saw me, she turned away. There was something going on and I need you to, to either not get in my way when I take care of this couple or I need you to be with me. Do you understand? The doctor did warn you she might have a concussion. Fred, um, 
Well, I, I do agree that uh, the garage door was unblemished um, when you drove into it. I do believe it is just extremely well built. Uh, the, it, it is a remarkable house. You should have gone inside. It was. A, 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 I tried, Richter. I tried to go inside. Do you, ri- you ring the doorbell a bunch? Because Grandpa Richard did, and that, that's how he got inside. I pounded on the door. Oh, I did that and that worked for me, but I'm stronger than you. Maybe it's too quiet and you need to ring the bell. Then I think the options are don't get in my way. And she's going to just start striding towards the fairground. Uh, and Richter will look to Addie and say, I think the main takeaway here is that um, Red has suffered a head injury. We should not get in her way. She is a very self-possessed woman. Um, and also uh, Tallahassee is the man for the job. I agree that he's the man for the job, but if Red is sort of doing a thing, Red's my boss. So, like, Grandpa Richard, what do do I do? Normally, I just do what Red says, but the doctor said her brain was broke. Do you still have her guns? Yeah, I got them both. They're in my pocket. Oh, wait, your pants pocket? Yeah. She is wearing your pants, Eddie. Oh, then she has the guns, because they're in my pants. Ah, well, all right, then we better do what she says. I'm, I'm I've got she... this knife, though, uh, and I take it out of the pocket from inside my jacket. Huh? All right, well, you got your knife after all, Addy. Uh, perhaps you put it to, to use today. Um, that remains to be seen. I don't know how far Red wants to take things. She certainly seems rather shaken by her experience. Okay, let's protect her. Yeah. And- Ghosts show up, I'll kill any of the bad ghosts with the knife. And then, after today, we can all vote for tally-ho jockstrap like we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, make sure yours is not a write-in, because that won't work. But, um... No, yeah. I just want to put an X on a circle. Yeah, yeah, that's what you should do. So yeah. You gotta make sure that Chad doesn't hang too much. It's a real issue, I'm told. Um, <laughs> so you, uh, you take off after Red... Um, and, um, you're making your way through town. Um, Richter, uh, we've talked a bit before about how you're kind of drawn to like mysterious happenings in Helmfirth, and that might mean that you don't have full understanding of, of the town. Um, if someone was drastically changing, uh, the landscape in some way, like, uh, in this particular instance, um, as you're walking towards the fair, you see someone uh, painting a mural on one of the walls of a building. Is that the kind of thing that would uh, that Richter would notice as, like, a point of change, or is that something you just ignore? Um, I think it would depend on what... He would clock it, um, but it would depend on what it's a painting of for him to really, like, do a double take or just be like, oh, someone's painting something and just go... <clears throat> Okay. So it's like when he goes through the newspaper and he's looking for things that meet his code or they're yeah, yeah. just crap. Yeah. Uh, the full-on MIB uh, tabloid flip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, Richter, can you go ahead and roll a spot hidden, please? Uh, regular success. Okay. Um, yeah, if it was like flowers and children playing, you would probably ignore it. Um, but um, there's something uh, that just sort of catches your eye uh, about this mural. And it's it's one of those things that's kind of hard to explain. But there are certain... Um, 
it comes up in like CGI animation as as the Uncanny Valley, but there are certain kind of compositional pieces that are just unsettling because proportions are just off a bit. Okay. And this is one of those. It's um it's it seems to be um a mural of um a man kind of walking a path um with kind of like holding the hands of like um like uh, holding a little girl's hand um and they seem to be like walking kind of into into the sunrise and it's it's theoretically like a a very happy mural but everything is just a little off his arms are just a little too long um his head is even though he's facing away is completely um profile um the color is off he's in silhouette but there's something just a little extra dark about the way his shadow is being cast. Um, the girl inexplicably has, um, you can tell from the way it's painted, um, beautiful sort of like almost white blonde hair, but that is um, streaked in shadow. Uh, and for, it just, it catches you as vaguely unsettling that the artist went through the effort to add the color. Mm. Um, so just weird things like that. Like none of this is inherently sinister. It's just everything's just a little, a little bit off. The angles are all a little bit too sharp. Um, and you can see the painter. Um, she's a, a, a lady who is, uh, she's kind of got a, a bit of a Rosie the Riveter vibe going on. So like she's got her hair tied back under a, a kerchief, even though Rosie's World War II, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and um She's got like a little um, easel set up with um, a sketch on it. Um, and she's got uh, the classic like painter's fucking palette. cartoon palette. Yep. Yeah. Um, and um, as you approach, um, you see that uh, she is um, uh, quite distraught as she, she looks at her palette. Um, and you notice that all of the colors are, are, are fairly like, Fresh and well stocked, um, except for yellow, which is smeared haphazardly um, across it, and she seems to be out of it, which makes sense given you know the, the sunrise and sort of the golden pathway and everything else. Um, but um, she seems to be just dabbing her brush at that spot, going, "Oh no, 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 no." Hey, friends, it's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dumb dumbs and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right. That address that I totally just said. Go there. Join Dum Dums and Dice. Support the show. It's going to be great. Does she seem to be aware of her surroundings? Or is she like really focused on she's pretty focused on on what she's doing uh does she have more yellow paint in like her kit or anything like that um yeah you could check her kit uh if you're kind of looking to help yeah Um, yeah i'll just have a quick glance yeah you can see um that uh there's uh the paint has clearly been kind of um rummaged about i assume in the thirds are probably little pots yeah, um, yeah. So they they're all like your little um, jars. They're all kind of scattered around. But just outside her bag, uh, you see there's one that's kind of rolled away a bit that has a bit of yellow left in it. 
I'll I'll pick it up and just uh, say, uh, excuse me, madam, I huh? believe you're looking for this, and I'll hold up the pot of yellow paint. And um, you know, she's got like you know streaks of various colors um, across her face, and her, her she just breaks out into a brilliant grin, um, and she says, "That's exactly what I need." Oh, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. I just, I mean, <laughs> without this, the whole thing falls apart. Ah, I see. Um, are you being commissioned by the city, the mayor, to to paint this mural? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the uh, it's it's in commemoration of of his his long um, his long tenure here in town. Um, from what I understand, he, and she leans in. She's like, he uh, he actually doesn't want to win this election. He he's really? he, he said he's pretty he's pretty tired. So this this is kind of his his farewell to the town. Um, do, so do now you... that she, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, now that she mentions that, does this man look like the mayor? Does it look like Gene Fairweather? Um, no, okay, not really. Um, Gene Fairweather is a um, like a an Alan Alda, like modern mm-hmm. Alan Alda, like kind of a little gray, like. Nice big grin, kind of like bulbous nose, um, mm-hmm. big glasses. Um, this this uh, image you're seeing is very tall, thin, long arms, long legs, um, completely bald, um, and sharp nose, sharp chin. Um, and there's just, again, like a, almost a jagged smile. Um, okay. I'll say, um, I, I, is that uh, supposed to be Mayor uh, Fairweather right there on the, on the mural? Oh, yeah. Do you like it? Um, you also notice on the sketch, uh, he looks much different. Do I kind of see Gene Fairweather in the sketch as opposed to, yeah? Okay. Like hidden in the way that people hide themselves in paintings where it's like, is it though? Right, right. Okay. Um, also, it's at least a stronger candidate for resembling him than what's uh, on the mural. Absolutely. You can also see um, that she's written uh, blue for the sky. It's not meant to be a golden sunrise at all. It's just mm. a happy day. Right, right. She's like, uh, uh, it, it, do, you, do you like it? it it's called um, uh, Helmfirth in Fair Weather. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, oh, it's not, please, it's not my name. It's It's his, but yes, thank you. Uh, it looks like um, some changes in the creative process from from the sketch to the final work, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just, um, I've just, I, I've been so in- inspired. Um, and then she she says she gets a little bit bashful. She's like, you know, it it, it must be. Um, it's it's sort of hard to explain uh, unless you're an artist. But I I saw. When you see art, sometimes you get inspired. And I was on my way to Helmfirth. Uh, I was coming uh, down the coast, and I saw this just amazing uh, performance. And it really, uh, it really changed my world. And I can't stop thinking about it. And it's really, it's really inspired me. Um, you know, just thinking about him and, and how how amazing um, he is, and and you know, just how how we and her eyes start to kind of like fade back to her palette and the paint, and she starts pouring the entirety of this yellow just all over the rest of the paint and the palette. So again, how, how, you know, we need to be ready, right? We need to make way for him. 
Um, Adrian, what are you doing during all of this? Imagine if Red's running off, you're not like hanging out for chats. I don't even think I stopped. I think I've just been going after Red because okay. we had. I got I got my orders from yep. my like temporary boss, which was protect Red, and that okay. sort of coincides mm -hmm. with what Adrian wanted to do, anyways. So I feel like Richter stopped to look at a thing. Just gone. Great. So we'll cut back to you in a minute. Um. So um yeah, Richter. Um she she's like just dumping paint. It's starting to roll down her arm. Um and um you notice that her brush is trembling. And then she just kind of drops the brush and she just like puts her hand into the paint and starts smearing it. Noticeably not touching the figure, but around it. Uh, wow, that's, uh, that's really something there. Um, you know, I also find I get inspired by, uh, by art, but see, the art of choice for me is uh, literature. Um, for example, and I'll pull out the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just show it to her to see if it gets a reaction the way it did with Rick Chen. Um, she just, she d like gives it a, a cursory glance. You see there's almost anticipation in her eyes. Um, and then uh, her face falls and she's like, Ugh, and just turns back to, to painting. And uh, as she does so, she sort of mutters like, well, if, if, if books are, are more your thing than, than plays, um, they, they were selling copies of it. Uh, you should really pick one up. It's really inspiring. And then you see her, reach kind of down the palette onto her arm mm. um, and she starts drawing a jagged shape on top of the the tall figure's head what's the um, shape it looks like a crown a crown okay i'm gonna try just one more thing uh just like um trying to get her focus back on the book and just a yeah yeah it's uh it's a very interesting read this book that's inspired me um talks about things like uh the entombed eye yeah, and uh, the slaughter and things like that. Very, very inspiring book. Um, do these phrases? She almost even... chuckles in a mm. like condescending like. It's like showing up and being like, "I really like this cool Doctor Seuss book." And everyone's like, "Shut up! We're into boys now." And you're like, "Oh no!" Okay. Um, way uh, and she's like, <laughs> "Well, as I said, it's difficult to explain to a non, non, non and like she starts to like stutter a little bit and." Um, she regains her her composure and she says it's uh, difficult to explain to 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 non a non artist um but um, you'll you'll see you'll you'll understand one day but you really should read it it's called the king in yellow the king in yellow um does that have any kind of mythos or occult meaning to me immediately uh not immediately no okay just writing that down okay the king it in does yellow. based on everything that's going on you do have I would say in terms of your, like, Richter sense, this mm -hmm. is some weird shit. Well, yeah, definitely. So this is definitely, like, a weird shit thing worth investigating, but mm -hmm. it doesn't ring a bell in terms of, like, a thing you've you've heard of. Okay. Then, kind of regrettably, but I've got to make sure that Red is okay. Mm -hmm. We've got to investigate the mayor. This is, like, our one shot to, so we know where he's going to be. Um, I will uh, just kind of back away from the mural and say, well, it was... Uh, it was very nice speaking with you. Um, Miss, I'm sorry, I did not get your name. Um, and uh, she just um, turns and smiles and says, it doesn't matter. You can just call me yellow. And then she starts wiping her arm in streaks kind of along the wall. Mm. Um, and uh, as you uh, kind of like start to wa walk away, you think you hear her mutter, 
Don't worry. You'll meet him soon. Okay. Um, Red, you are rushing full tilt into uh, the fairgrounds. You arrive to find uh, the space that's being set up is now in full swing, and it is a full-on carnival event. There are um, booths set up. Uh, there's, you know, like, guess your weight. Um, he's clearly brought in um, performers. Uh, there's, like, a strong man walking by wearing uh, a bathing suit that looks suspiciously like the one Adrian just bought, um, <laughs> just lifting triangular weights over his head. Um, there's cotton candy on sticks, because 1930s, I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's carnival barkers and the, the whole affair. Um, there are balloons strung up everywhere. There's a great grandstand set up. Um, people are playing some, like, early big band, like, pre-war, but that in that kind of vibe. A little bit of a jazzy vibe to it. Um, you know, TJ wants to show he's hip to the jive. Um, and, uh, it is, in a lot of ways, your worst nightmare, because it is fucking packed. Mm-hmm. Um... So what what do you do? Um, I would like to steal a hat first off. <laughs> I'm covered in bandages. Like like uh, if I can if I can steal a wide brimmed hat. Yeah, you can get uh, the best you can do is um, one of those like boater hats. So like the great. But um, as you're you're uh, grabbing one of those and you kind of like sleight of hand it off something, put it on. Um, you see a, a kid walk by, and um, he tugs on his, his dad's sleeve, and he's like, look, look, one of the performers is dressed like a mummy! And then he, like, waves happily at you, and the father's like, ha ha, a very shapely mummy, I may add. And the kid's like, that's gross, dad! <laughs> um, and then uh, drags drags his father away to be less lechy elsewhere. But, Red, <laughs> you do realize that you weirdly can kind of play this off given that you're wearing pants up to your like neck mm-hmm. and are wrapped in bandages you, you kind of fit in in a weird way if this were a hitman it's not the costume you need to get all the way through but like at least past the first couple steps um as you're sleight of handing the hat and getting leered at uh adrian arrives uh addy yeah uh, I, I'm going to be passing myself off as uh, someone who works for the carnival. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, what do I do? Uh, I would like you to stick close to me uh, and, and just watch my back. Yeah, I'm here to protect you. If your brain was broken, you'd tell me, right? Of course I would. Okay, so your, your brain's not broken. My brain is perfectly fine, thank you. Okay, so Grandpa Rit, and I looks to his left, and there's just no Grandpa Richard there, and he's like, "I I trust you. I was gonna double check, but I lost Grandpa Richard. I'm sure he'll catch up. Yeah, he does do that. He does, or he gets arrested. Perhaps he's just staying out of my way, like I asked him to." Okay, so I'll stick with you, but I'll stay out of your way. But I'll protect you, and I'll help. Um, Adrian, uh, <laughs> you, as you say this, um, for perhaps the, the, the you know, 20th time today, um, you, uh, you scratch at your ear. Um, and Red, uh, you've actually never seen him do this before. It seems very odd. Is this the first time I've noticed him do it? 
Yeah, yeah. You only woke up a little while ago. So it's the first time I you've seen it. it. Adrian, it's just been a like a, a thing that a, a constant minor annoyance to your day. Um, but I think, uh, Red, you're pretty good. The part of you that's always hoped that like Adrian might just resurface someday, mm -hmm. I think is very, very acutely aware of any behavioral shifts. So this is something you kind of log. Yep. Ugh, I got ear boogies. Can you bend down for a second there? Yeah. Can I and like look in so. his ear? Um, I mean, you're standing outside, your face is wrapped in bandages. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to see. Um, but, uh, you know, looks like an ear. Little, little okay. dark in there. Um, you're not sure. Uh, can you roll a spot hidden? Yep. Oh no, that's a fail. Oh, actually, wait, spot, spot hidden. Oh no, super fail. Yep. So or you could spend luck. So many options. I would have to spend twenty nine points of luck. <laughs> Listen. Fred's no fancy doctor, but she knows an ear when she sees one. She sees an ear. Um, and um, with that, um, there, the, the music kind of uh, reaches a crescendo, stops. Uh, there's a smattering of applause um, before a um, sort of a hush falls over the crowd. And um, uh, Montgomery Greaves takes the stage. Um, and, uh, he's like, um, well there, ladies and gentlemen, isn't this a lovely evening for all of us? Afternoon. <laughs> what can I say? I'm drunk. In any case, uh, I'm glad you're all here. Um, this town has a lot of potential, and I must say I've seen quite a bit of it myself. And as a, as a property man, I, I get excited when I see things like this, but none of that matters without vision. And here today, there was a man of tremendous vision. And then suddenly, um, Splinter comes out on stage and, like, is clearly not supposed to be here and kind of muscles his way over and Grease is, like, clearly irritated. Um, and Splinter's like, uh, yes, as a legitimate businessman from the fine city of Boston, I must say, Helmforth has a lot of potential. And the man who sees that potential is a dear friend of mine. Perhaps my closest friend in this whole world. Ladies and gentlemen, and Greaves is like, put your hands together. They're, like, they're doing that stupid thing where they try and get in front of each other. Uh, and then finally they say, Tallahassee Jate. And they step aside and TJ comes like running up the stairs in that classic like dumb politician way. Uh, and starts waving um, to the crowd. Oh man, um, he's going to be a good mayor. Uh, and then Adrian's just like gently applauding from the crowd like he's yeah. like, part of the and excitement. Richter, you've just caught up to them now as, as this is occurring. Yeah, um, he's a man for the job. Uh, so TJ um, smiles warmly um, out over the crowd. Uh, Greaves and, and Splinter kind of clear out. And again, this is like a grandstand for, for a smallish fair. So it's not like, you know, you can't land a plane on it. It's it's fairly small. Um the band has been cleared off, um, and he's waving his hands, and he's like, um, well, everyone, I'm so happy you were able to join us here. And then he, like, pauses for applause, and there's, like, a smattering of it, and he just kind of nods to himself and says, uh, you know, back where I come from in Lenox County, uh, we have a lot of sayings, and the one I'm perhaps most partial to is that if you believe in people, if you believe in the power of people and the power of a place... You can achieve great things. 
And I think we can. Now, Gene Fairweather is a good guy. He's a good mayor. He's done a pretty good job. But it's 1932, and times are tough, and they're only going to get tougher. So we got to get tough, and we got to get smart. And I think we can. And I've got some great advisors here with me today. And with your blessing, with your help, I think we can make Helmfirth great. And that's when Garrett slips over his throat. And his eyes go wide. He's pulled backwards as um, a man uh, in a suit begins to choke the life out of him. Uh, and suddenly there are gunshots and mobsters are rushing in left and right. And to your absolute horror, Red, you recognize who it is. It's Lewis. And he's using a shoestring. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish when kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress samantha trap across the galaxy she expected the job to be over and done with quickly now they're stuck with each other and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits and counting. You're stuck here with me to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? 
You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest.